0: Well, good morning, everybody. I'm excited to be celebrating child dedication with all of you today and also as we celebrate um, all of our moms out there on Mother's Day. Yeah, okay. Props to that guy. (laughs) Unlike most jobs, I think motherhood uh, doesn't come with sick days or paid leave. Um, So I'm slightly biased when I say that I think Mother's Day should be celebrated quite often. It's exciting because we can celebrate the moms that are just starting out on their journey, the mom that is just hitting her stride, and the mom who has been down that road, and she has seen it all. And we honor the woman that created you and the bond that you have with her. However, I realize that some of you, happy and mom, don't always go in the same sentence. Uh, Many of you could only dream of having a relationship with her, or the pain of her loss is still stinging in your heart. Maybe this season of motherhood has had infertility, challenges, sickness, the pain of divorce, or you are just plain exhausted from trying to figure out common core math. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> we applaud all of you single moms out there that are pulling double duty. And for those grandmas, grandpas, friends, and family members that are taking on the role of mom in a child's life, thank you so much. No matter who you are, everyone, I feel like, has a mother quality that can step out from time to time. It's, um, it's also in God. He embraces and encourages us through every step of our lives. So whatever season that you are in right now, just know that God, he is alongside you. So we celebrate all moms today in whatever season that you're in. The verse I wanted to share with you today is from the book of John. A lot of you are probably familiar with um, the main verse, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. But I'd like to skip to the end of Jesus's life um, during one of his last me- meals before he washed each and every one of his disciples' feet. It's John 13, 1, says this. From beginning to end, Jesus's days were marked by his love for his people. It's important that we first love ourselves, but then to go out and love others, it's a whole other story. If we are to use Jesus as our example of how we lead our lives, this verse tells us it's to love from beginning all the way to end. Loving others can be joyful, messy, brutal, beautiful, And Jesus, he had people around him, and he chose to love them too. He kept a close group of friends called the Disciples, and um, they were just this ragtag bunch of guys. They didn't have it all together, and certainly uh, they didn't understand what Jesus was saying all the time. And one of them even outright betrayed him. So right after this verse, Jesus chose to wash all 12 of their dirty, nasty, unmanicured man feet, okay? Even his betrayer. Why? The king of all kings was washing feet, a physical act of love to his closest friends. From beginning to end, Jesus chose love. No matter who you are, all of us want to be seen and we want to be known. And it feels so good when somebody gets us and we just feel that love from them. It makes us feel satisfied. Just like how you feel after a really great meal. You feel full, you feel content. And so for the longest time, I romanticized about um, driving up Highway 1 on the California coast in a convertible. I thought, how romantic, how fun would that be? Um, so a few years back, Eric and I, we were in California. We rented a convertible. We were um, at Hearst Castle in San Simeon, and we wanted to go up 80-plus miles to Monterey. And we didn't really have a huge lunch, but I'm like, this is going to be great, babe. You're going to really love this. And um, The first 40 minutes were nice, but I realized why when you put it in the GPS, it doesn't really give you that as an option because it's the longest way. Um, There's a lot of curves and there's really no way to get off in certain areas. And um, let's just say um, I wasn't my chipper self after a while. Uh, I was slightly nauseous. I was tired. I was hungry and I was just ready to get to dinner. I by the time we got there, I could have just eaten my flip-flop with a little bit of salsa. I would have been, I would have been fine. I was ticked off for Eric uh, just being there. And um, once our food came, I, I was full. I suddenly morphed back into myself, and I looked over him, and I, I loved him again. Okay? Okay. <laughs> The ways we love our people, whatever that relationship is, it allows us to feel full. So much so that we are free to love others back and vice versa. But in our world, it can be easy for us to give and give and give that love, and we are not getting it back in return. So how do we do that? It takes a lot of patience, prayer sometimes, listening And this isn't something that we're going to learn overnight. It is grown and cultivated throughout our whole lives. Gary Chapman, he is a Christian therapist, and he has written extensively on uh, the five emotional love languages, which is the concept that each of us feels emotionally loved by others in one or more of these five love languages. And I've added a link to all of these and a quiz if you want to take it inside um, our app in the notes section. But not now, maybe a little later you can take the quiz. All right. (laughs) Even psychologists and therapists who wouldn't consider themselves Christians use this idea as well with their patients because when we get back down to the root of it, no matter what your faith is, we all want to be loved. There are those that say, well, big deal. Love is love no matter how you show it. Well, I'd just like to remind you when you were a little kid, and you got up Christmas morning, you are in your jammies, you are so excited about the presents under the tree, and your parents handed you this elaborately wrapped gift, which you thought was going to be the toy that you had always dreamed of, and you opened it up, and inside was socks and underwear. Okay? You didn't feel love back then, all right? So just go with me for 10 minutes. The challenge that we face is that everyone's love language is not the same as our own. Um, And that's what's beautiful about our God, because he makes us so unique. Uh, But the important thing is to remember that people speak different love languages. Just like you would travel to a foreign country and speak in English, the louder and slower and more animated you speak is not going to translate to somebody who speaks German, okay? (laughs) The good news is that we all have the ability to communicate well. So you're probably wondering... What are those five love languages? Number one, words of affirmation. We all know the power of words, and you probably remember as a little kid, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I disagree. Words hurt. But if they are used in a loving way, they also have this amazing capacity to build people up and powerfully affirm them. I'm a big believer in letting people know, even people I see in the grocery store, letting them know they are really working it today. They look awesome. Or um, just saying, you look incredible today. I really appreciate you taking out the garbage. Just lets people know that they are known. Mark Twain, he once said, I could live on a compliment, a good compliment, I'm sorry, I can live for two months on a good compliment. Words of affirmation is one of the ways I feel most loved, so feel free to compliment away today after <laughs> service. Um, and even though I'd like to have more than six compliments a year, I agree with Twain when he says that it makes him feel whole, and it makes me do me as well. Another way that you can do that is just by encouraging. Even the most confident person has moments of insecurity and for me, when my husband Eric encourages me and he sees something in me, I know I can keep going, and I just believe that words are important. Number two is quality time. This would be when someone is giving you their undivided attention, not sitting on the couch, scrolling through Netflix or your phone, your emails. Oh, there, that little girl's nose. She's <laughs> clapping. All right. <laughs> Time is precious. We all have the same amount of hours in our day. And if you know someone's primary love language is time, it's just that they want you to be present, spending time with you. A great example I read about was a wife. um, She was really negative about her husband's job, and he just didn't really understand. He was doing all of this work, all of this extra time was going into his job because he thought in five years, he's going to be at the pinnacle of his career, and this is going to be for his family. But in five years, would it all be worth it? The wife's love language was time. so at the peak of his career, is he going to be standing there alone or with his family? I think this is best summed up by the critically acclaimed film, um, The Emoji Movie, okay? <laughs> I think it was the worst in 2017, but I have children, and so this line really caught me. It said, what's the point of being number one when there's no other numbers? You don't want to leave those you love behind, just because you couldn't find time for going on a walk, maybe an extended weekend somewhere, doing something the other person loves, playing a board game with your kids. Without simple things like being spent together and that time of being present, it eventually could snowball into something way bigger. Whether or not you want to put stock in love languages, you have to admit that if you're not putting effort into any relationship, the other person may not stick around emotionally Or physically. 43% of America's divorce rate is because of incompatibility. I'm just guessing, and this is just my theory, but once the dating phase is over and marriage gets filled with budgets, raising kids, juggling work and family time, health issues, cleaning toilets, and paying off those never-ending student loans, your capacity to love is really strained. And it just seems like the two of you are incompatible. It doesn't even matter if you're married, because this goes for everybody. Loving others is hard. It's hard work. The simple fact is, is we need each other. Through our relationships, we learn more about ourselves, the other person, and even our relationship with God. So number three is receiving gifts. Gift giving is something you can hold in your hands, knowing someone thought of you, and it is a symbol of that thought, and it can come in all shapes, sizes, and colors, and usually the cost of the gift will matter very little to the person who receives it, because it's the thought or the emotion behind it. Uh, when Eric and I were first dating, we spent our first Christmas Eve together, and we did what any couple would do, is we would, uh, we watched the Christmas classic, Die Hard, okay? Okay? <laughs> This was the first time I had ever seen the movie, and I was just happy to spend it with Eric, and I I love that movie now. And if you fast forward six years later, Christmas morning, I open my gift from Eric, and inside is this tinfoil wrapped box. It's an ornament, and it has Bruce Willis peeking through, just like he was in the air duct in the movie. (laughs) Such a crafty guy. Should have been on Pinterest. It wasn't expensive, and I, I don't think it took too long to make, but I thought it was hilarious. The most important thing I knew is that he remembered our first Christmas Eve we spent together, and every time I take that silly ornament out of the box and hang it on our tree each year, I love it even more. It costs absolutely nothing, but to me, it was one of the most priceless gifts I've ever received. Number four is acts of service. This is doing something another person would like you to do for them, such as making pancakes, changing a dirty diaper, walking the dog, or paying a bill. Anything you could think of that could help another person out. It does require a little effort, a little time and energy on our part, but it is a form of love. Something as easy as unloading the dishwasher can let someone know that they were thought of. And all of these acts are done out of love, not coercion or nagging, but you do somebody else's chore for the sheer fact. You just want to help them out. Actions for this person really speak louder than words. An easy way to find out what would help would be just to have them write down five things that they need done in the next month and rated maybe in priority. And guys, just a thought here. If this is your wife's love language, and if you want to get some extra points, if you know what I mean, sometime this week, call your wife around 3 o'clock. Just say, honey, I'm going to be bringing home dinner. And you show up with dinner, maybe throw in a load of laundry, and she's going to wonder how Bradley Cooper just walked through that door, okay? (laughs) You are welcome, guys, all right? And the final one is uh, physical touch. It may seem obvious that physical touch has been a way of communicating emotional love, but there have been multiple studies done in childhood development that have come to the consensus when babies are cuddled and snuggled and touched, they're so much more emotionally healthy than the babies who are not. You may have not come from a family that are huggers, but once you're not a little kid anymore, there's a lot of people out there that go through their whole day without any time or any kind of physical touch, and they are just aching for that kind of love. A hug, holding hands, snuggling with your kids on the couch, a comforting hand on someone's shoulder are all ways to feel that tactile emotional touch. Jesus, he rocked love languages so well. He was so good at it. He knew how to spend quality time with just a few disciples. He used physical touch to heal and wash his, even his traitor's feet. He encouraged men who didn't understand why they would ever be chosen for disciples. He served those who were less fortunate, castoffs to of society, and he gave us all the most beautiful gift of eternal life. All of these languages can be translated into any relationship you deem important. So my question to you is, how are you loving your people today? Please don't feel overwhelmed that you now need to go home and figure out every person's love language in your life. This just gives us a better framework, how to make our lives marked with love, like John 13 says. Be aware that we do have the tendency to love others the way we want to be loved, So if you don't know a person's love language, just watch them. Usually that's how they love. And this can be in marriage, friendships, work relationships, mothers and fathers, how they interact with their own children. It can even be in our relationship with God as our spiritual father. Galatians 3.26 says we are all God's children through faith in Christ Jesus. He loves us as his own kids. He's our parent, our confidant, and guide. And his Holy Spirit gently points us back to him. That's why child dedication today is so important at Westridge. It's because we realize what a gift and a privilege children are. It can be challenging, frustrating, blissful, unending laughter, crazy antics, highs and lows. And through it all, God is right alongside us, entrusting these wild, sweet, entertaining children to us. God uses parents as an instrument to help them grow and understand their own relationship with Jesus. Westridge believes child dedication is more than just a ceremony today. It's a commitment and a celebration between parents and our church to partner together as these kids' spiritual hearts are formed. This commitment goes way beyond a one-time experience. It's something that lasts throughout many seasons of their lives. Their needs as babies and toddlers now are far different when they're They're falling behind in school, they have their first heartbreak, and they deal with the many pressures of life. As a church, we want to support each other, and for parents, we want to encourage you as you challenge and teach your kids what God shares with us in his word. Build a foundation that as your children grow, they understand God's radical love was there the moment they were created. So that when it's their time to decide if they can make um, they can make a relationship with Christ their own. I'd like to think I'm pretty fearless, but to be honest with you, my greatest fear is that my children do not know Christ. Eric and I, our family and our friends, we can support them, but ultimately, it is not my choice. It's theirs alone to choose and to follow. And Jesus said in John eight twelve, "I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness." but we'll have the light of life. We raise our kids, but in the end, it is their own choice of free will to follow him or not. So if we choose to follow him, and we go back to what it says in John 13, 1, Jesus's days were marked by his love for his people. Marked in Hebrew, it means to carve or engrave. And when I hear the word marked, it reminds me of this song playing. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like you a lot. You're funny. All right. All right. It reminds me of, the word marked reminds me of a tattoo. I've always wanted one, but I thought having it forever on my body I couldn't come up with something I'd, I would always want. I remember this girl in high school. Yes, in high school. She um, got a tattoo of the little mermaid on her hip. And I just thought, you know, when you're 70 years old, it's not going to look like Ariel. It's probably going to look like Ursula the Sea Witch or something. (laughs) So during a trip to Texas last September with my girlfriends and my community group, we did what any rational moms would do. We ended up in a tattoo shop in Austin on a Tuesday night. They were really excited to see us. Um, Last year, I did a message here, and I talked about King David and that his name translates to the word beloved. A man who had many highs but even more lows was always known as beloved by God. As I got my tattoo, I felt completely confident in my artist as the majority of his body and his face were covered in art, And most likely, each of his tattoos tell a story or something meaningful to him. So my left wrist, it says, beloved, period. I don't believe it's correct English, but I'll tell you why. Matthew 10.30 says, You, beloved, are worth more than a whole flock of sparrows, since we already know he is our spiritual father and we are his beloved children. The word beloved in Greek is agapitos, which translates to the word worthy of infinite affection. Some of you may be thinking to yourself, well, I'm definitely not worthy. All of us fall short. But God knew it all in advance, and yet he deeply loves us. So every time I look at my two, it reminds me every day, all I need to know, all our children need to know, all of you, need to know is that we are his beloved worthy of infinite affection period so that's why wally was handing out those little stones to some of you moms today to remind you of that thought beginning to end jesus's days were marked by his love for his people my challenge to you this week is to figure out who two important people are in your life and to love them in their love language. Sure, we can go on with life as usual, but if we put a little effort in, we are able to be and feel more loved. This isn't something we're going to learn overnight. We have to put the work in, be consistent in it, and willing to grow. I know I want more of Jesus in my life, and I hope you do too. So when I look back on my life, no matter what my role, no matter how many challenges, I want my life to be marked with love for all of my people and all of those I meet. And I pray you do too.